Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 1, 18-32. Welcome, everybody, to U.S. History Class, where today we'll be covering the 20th century and the early parts of the 21st century. And our textbook for our U.S. History Class today will be the latter half of Romans chapter 1. Wait, what? We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about Romans. We're talking about something that was written 2,000 years ago. Why am I talking about U.S. History? Great question. Welcome to Romans 1, 18 through 32 with me. And as we look at this passage, we're going to see God describe what happens to a culture where his wrath is being revealed. And what we're going to see is it is shockingly accurate to what we have seen in our own nation over the last 100 years or so. But let's step back for some bigger context here. Uh, We ended our reading yesterday with the idea of the gospel, that it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, um, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. So we're going to now expand on the gospel and this idea of a righteousness that comes from God by faith. That's what we're going to be building toward, and we'll kind of crescendo at the end of chapter 3 in Romans. But now Paul is going to start building that case and he's going to start uh, with the wrath of God uh, because there's a righteousness that comes from God. But first there is a wrath that is revealed against unrighteousness. And Paul really talks here about the pagan culture around them. And what I want you to see is what he says about their culture is shockingly accurate if you think about our own culture. And so I want to walk through that so we see that, but then I want to end with going back to one particular thing that should challenge all of us. So verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Uh, so this unrighteousness shows itself in suppressing truth. Now, how is it shown in suppressing truth? Well, because they should know about God. It's it's plain about God and who he is, and even to some extent, his character, verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Um, so they, they suppress this truth about God. And then in verse 21, it says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So there, let's think about U.S. history. If you would have looked at our founders, they would have all pointed to a creator. Uh, Even Thomas Jefferson, who was by no means a a Christian, uh, an immoral man, and had 
all kinds of wrong views about the Bible. Even he in the Declaration of Independence writes about these inalienable rights that have been bestowed on us by our Creator. But then what do we see happen, especially in the 20th century? Uh, we see more and more of a rise of thinking that says, no, nah, you know, we're not thinking about God as the creator. We're starting to think more about evolution and how we all got here. And more and more and more, God gets removed from the picture. And that's where we see some things start in our society. But then what happens next, verse 24, therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity. So one, we just see a principle there. When God wants to judge a society, you know, we think fire, brimstone, uh, stuff like that. And of course, that can be involved in God's judgment of a society. But one thing that we do see happen is, you know what God does to judge a society? He says, here have what you want. Go have what you want. He gives them over to what they want. And then we start seeing sexual immorality. Now, verse 23, even these images, maybe that doesn't fit as well with American history. We didn't really see a, a surge in, you know, going back to bowing down to idols, but we'd be lying if we didn't admit, well, idolatry is still alive and well in our culture. And one of the ways idolatry is expressed, even in the Old Testament and linked to in the New Testament is sexual immorality. And that's what goes on here. It describes uh, an increase in sexual immorality. And that's where we think, well, after we start getting more and more into this idea that God's not the creator, we all just got here through random chance evolution. Then we even see in American history, this thing known as the sexual revolution, where God gives people up to their lusts. And it doesn't stop there. Verse 26, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So then we get to what we would see even later in history, the advance of a homosexual revolution and just an increase in the perversion in our society. Do you see how this is so shockingly accurate to the last 100, 150 years of American history, it's the Romans one playbook, the wrath of God being revealed in a society as they reject God and God gives them up into sexual immorality, into increasing perversion, and then all kinds of sin that we see at the end of the chapter, unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And aren't we seeing that now in our society? More and more of a praise of sin and iniquity and perversion. Oh, we see that all the time in our society. And so it's unfortunate. It, it should grieve us to see, wow, what I see in Romans 1 is happening in my society. That means the wrath of God is being revealed against my society. And that's where 
And if we're going to look at that and say, yeah, my desire, my society deserves the wrath of God. Well, just wait for chapter two, where he's going to pivot away from the outright pagan culture to uh, the more religious people in this society. But there is one thing I want us to come back to. If we see, wow, I don't want to follow the Romans one road. I don't want to do that. And that's where I think it can be easy for probably some of you listening to this podcast to start saying, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not living a life of, of sexual immorality or I'm not, you know, giving in to this whole LGBTQ revolution in my society. I'm not doing that. Well, let's go back to where does it all start from? Uh, We see that again in verse 21, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, or get this, or give thanks to him. So let's just think about you today. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you don't want to walk the Romans one road. But here's the thing, then don't get on the on-ramp. And what is the on-ramp? Failing to honor God or failing to give thanks to him. Is that something you might be tempted to do today? I'm going to bet yes. I'm going to bet there's going to be lots of ways, even today, that you are tempted to not honor God or not to give thanks to God. And when we don't do that, we need to see, oh, I'm getting on the on-ramp to the Romans one road. And I see where that road ends, and I'm like, no, 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 I don't want that. But we often fail to see, I actually don't have that big of a deal with with some of the things at the beginning of that road. And if you keep walking that road, it will lead to that end. So my exhortation to you today is, yes, we should, I think, based on this chapter, pray for our society and, and realize, hey, what's the hope for a society like this? The gospel. The gospel is the power of God for salvation in the midst of a pagan culture. There is hope for us to have today. In this, but I also want to challenge you personally, not just to make this something that you think about your culture and about other people with, but something that you look in the mirror on today and say, God, is my attitude today one that could honestly be described as honoring you and full of thanksgiving to you? We need that. So let's be challenged. Let's not leave. I'm obviously a fan of history, interested in history. And I I cringe when somebody acts like history has no meaning for us or it's irrelevant for us. Well, let's make sure that's true today in this passage. This isn't just a history lesson that's, oh, that's interesting for us. No, there's a very clear practical application for us as well. May we honor God and give thanks to him today. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.